Live from Gutter Cat Studios in the Metaverse, it's time for another episode of the Crazy About Crypto Show. And now here's your host, Crazy Carl. Hey, yo, what is going on? It's so good to see so many people flowing into the space. Thanks for being here. And if you're listening to the podcast, hello from all around the world and welcome to the Crazy About Crypto Show, an interactive live podcast on Twitter Spaces for anyone exploring crypto and wanting to learn from others that have already dived into the space. From NFT artists to savvy crypto investors to everyday people just like you and I, this is a place where we can come together and learn about this new wave of innovation. Today's show is a special community spotlight of someone that was an early supporter of the Crazy about crypto show back in july the shows only had a handful of people stopping by to listen but today's guest was there at every early show and helped spread the word with his vocal support which was so meaningful because he is a highly respected figure in the community working alongside major faces in the space like beanie and pixel vault and now helping build future proof media he is someone that understands the importance of decentralization and building projects organically it is my insane honor honor to share the space with a true builder and a personal friend video game freak what's going on vgf yo man that intro just brings such a smile to my face every time i hear it, it cracks me up oh <laughs> uh, and you know i i've got that gutter cat intro and i talk to you all the time trying to get you in the gutter cat gang and i'm not gonna stop one day you'll you'll join uh but man it is so good to have you here and i i truly mean it when i say that this show wouldn't be where it is because uh because back in those days when back in july when you're starting out uh it can be kind of like you like a very uh, you grind, but it can be taxing when people aren't showing up or, you know, you're trying to build something and you want people to find value. And when you kept stopping by my show at those first few weeks, uh, it meant the world. And so I just want to make sure before we even start to let you know how much that meant to me to keep grinding out and keep building in the space uh, and making sure to grow the the community and, and this show. So thank you so much for believing in what, uh, what I was building from the first week. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I've enjoyed this show since early on, and I think you've done a phenomenal job as both a host and, you know, spotlighting creators, builders, community members in the space. So uh, I I really uh, am looking forward to, you know, finally being able to join you. So Yes, I'm uh, so excited. Really excited. So, so for people that haven't, that don't know, um, I'd love just to start with the same question we always start with, which is just to chat about your journey into the crypto or the NFT space, whichever came first. Uh, yeah, so like I had basically gotten into crypto, you know, a little bit over, I had I'd kind of been familiar or heard about it uh, the last few years uh, over the course of the pandemic kind of got uh, digging into a little deeper in research and then I, I really didn't get exposed to crypto uh, like financially until January 1st of this year um, I had made a decent investment uh, in like at least monetarily for me at the time uh, in Dogecoin when it was at a penny mm -hmm. and uh, I, I had taken quite a few of those you know a good chunk of those gains and basically that was my my initial funding for getting into NFTs so uh, you know after getting into to Dogecoin in 
January as kind of like a belief in the power of the internet and the power of memes. Uh, that led me down the rabbit hole of NFTs. And uh, it, it, it was just, I, I couldn't have foreseen uh, how quickly that would take me into the deep end. <laughs> uh, you know what I love is that it does seem like anyone who, or I shouldn't say anyone, but a lot of people that got into the space because of Dogecoin back in um, late last year or early this year, they they it's easier to make the jump into nfts because like you said it's a belief in like the power of memes the power of uh the internet the power of community which is uh very transferable to all of the beliefs that we have in the nft space um but i would love to know like from a speculation aspect of like dabbling in doge to being full-on like in the industry now working with uh highly respected figures in the space when was like the conviction moment for you that you knew that this stuff is going to change the world uh that probably came in like not long after really uh january into february i started digging like really deep i i started reading uh an ob just an obscene amount of white papers light papers uh really getting into the the foundation of uh, a lot of the kind of philosophy of why all of this was built in the first place. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what really got me hooked yeah. was why, why did a whole bunch of people bother to make this uh, and to kind of get this ball rolling? So like looking at uh, the, you know, the Bitcoin white paper, uh, the sort of like, whole crypto punk ethos and um it, it was really just a journey down the rabbit hole and once i got my head wrapped around the the technology um i was i was sold i i basically had a you know a well-established well-paying job you know back in january february i basically took the entire month of march uh to kind of realign my life uh, and as of early April, uh, I was, I, I decided not to return back to my job and go full-time NFTs. Isn't that insane? Just thinking about the timeline of like the life-changing, uh, opportunities that occurred for you in the space within 10 months from entering to now, you went from just learning to, to, uh, digging deeper to jumping in and betting on yourself to now like being ingrained in some of the top, um, aspects of the NFT industry. It's just, uh, it's gotta be so rewarding, but also humbling of just like how fast in the space you can grow and build. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, like I, I don't think it's right for everyone. You know, I was in uh, like a particular set of circumstances that were, were cohesive with me making that, that leap. Um, you know, I'm single, no kids, no other, you know, like real tie downs uh, that, and, and some, you know, great support from, you know, my brother and my family that they thought I was crazy at first. Don't get me wrong, but mm -hmm. they also, you know, saw my conviction in this. And once I've kind of uh, baby stepped them uh, into why I think this is such a foundational shift of culture, community, technology, 
and how many areas of our lives this will affect. Uh, they they kind of jumped on board with with me making this sort of high conviction shift of my attention and energy towards NFTs. I love it. It's uh, it's really an inspiring story. And I think your journey is so important because you started grinding out and working and networking and learning about this space organically, uh, just like anyone else that's just now entering the space, which um, it just leads to all kinds of opportunities if you continue working and finding your place in the space. Uh, one thing that I was curious, because there's a lot of people that enter the NFT space, there's a lot of um, you know information about art or photography or how can I get involved in NFTs, uh, but you're not necessarily an artist. And that's something that I had uh, struggled with for a while too. I'm not an artist. And so I was like, where's my place? How can I help build in this community? I've been in the space since 2017-18 when it was just investing in crypto and reading white papers like you were saying and uh, learning about communities, but I never felt like I was in a community and like being helping out grow it. And so I'd love to kind of hear your uh, thought process on how to best grow yourself and figure out your identity in the space, uh, because I, I think that could probably help a lot of people that are just entering that maybe they're not an artist, but they're trying to figure out how they can make an impact in the NFT world. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I along those lines, you know, I never really looked at myself as a traditional artist. But it was actually Justin Aversano that had had kind of changed my perception of this. You know, uh, I, you know, I'm an operator. I, uh, you know, I work great with teams. And, you know, my first entry into the space was really developing discords, building out discords. Uh, back in April and May, there really wasn't a whole lot uh, of NFTs, you know, building communities on Discord. Um, there was a couple of, you know, independent projects here and there and a couple of artists that had some, you know, smaller channels and stuff like that. But that was my lowest hanging fruit of entry of like the quickest value I could add, uh, getting into the space. You know, I came from esports and gaming. Uh, and so I, I've been on discord since, you know, 2016, 2017. And that was like, I know how to build discords. I don't know hardly anything about NFTs, but I know how to like foster a culture in a community and I can build out a discord for you. Yes. And so I, I had reached out to some of the, the projects that I was, uh, really, you know, convicted and passionate about early on, uh, the, you know, three of the main ones, crypto baby punks, uh, punks, comics, pixel vault, and then Justin Aversano, uh, and helped them build out their, discords and communities uh you know definitely not taking uh any or all of the credit there but uh, at least as far as getting getting their discords established um that was my quickest value add to the space and definitely helped you know uh give me some presence <laughs> it used to be kind of a running joke that anytime somebody would join a new discord they'd see me as like the the, the rules or the admin <laughs> or moderator in there because uh, I had my hands, you know, kind of a little bit of everywhere. But um, I think that's something that's really interesting with NFTs right now is like no matter what your value add is, no matter what your contribution to the space, like there's somebody out there that needs that help mm. uh, or yeah. is looking for a skill set you possess. And if it's not something that 
you can find that need for right now. There's something you can go learn in the next few months that could land you realistically a full-time paying job in a matter of months. And uh, I think that's something really special that, uh, you know, only NFTs and Web3 is really facilitating right now. I love that you you found projects that you had conviction in, and then you figured out how you could help them out. And I think that's one uh, mental, psychological shift in this space, is that the best way to grow yourself is to help grow others. And I think that's such an important thing that people don't realize, is that if you're out there working to help build others up, participating in other communities, showing that you support not just building yourself, that actually comes back and your success is multiplied exponentially by just being able to give and support others. And I think you start seeing it time and time again in this space. And I was talking to you about people that are helping out my show now uh, organically. I'm not able to pay them because I'm not getting paid. But as we continue to grow, there may be opportunities where we can share uh, in, in the, it's all built by the community. And so when you're building everything together, you it, it brings passion to share the success with the community as well. Very much agreed. Yeah, I mean, uh, I definitely wouldn't be the place that I'm in now if I hadn't, you know, reached out and offered my, my you know, services, support uh, in some of these other places. And, you know, that's, that's my art. My art is in, you know, working with people, in hosting of rooms, in, you know, building out teams and, and communities. Uh, and, you know, as, as a builder and operator in the space, that's my art. Mm. Uh, it's, it's not, you know, necessarily a, a picture or a video attached to an NFT, but it's in helping to facilitate others to do what they do. That's good. I mean, I think that's so powerful what you just said, because it, it, in a way, anything that you're good at, anything that you have perfected and can help provide value is art in itself because you're able to give value and show uh, a skill set that someone else may need. Or, uh, and when they look at what you do, like, uh, I've got someone helping set up my Discord right now, and I would have never thought of half the things. It is artwork in a, in a huge way because they, they're they providing value and creating something that I would have never been able to do myself. And I think that you saying that, it, that other... You don't have to be a physical painter to be an artist. You can be like even this show, like being able to talk and provide value by sharing uh, experiences that that is art uh, and whatever you're good at whatever you're whatever you enjoy in this space is art and you just have to continue to develop and build and uh, and you people will begin to see the value in what you do so I just appreciate you saying that all right I, I have a question um, a, a question a personal question about something that you talk about on your Twitter, which is uh, your dad, and he's in his NFT journey. I would love for you just take a second to talk about how your dad is doing in the space and how you got him to join the NFT movement, because I think that is rad. Yeah, so that's a pretty funny story. Um, You know, when I first, I I bought my first NFT back in April and, uh, you know, pretty quickly went down you know, pouring just about everything I had, like I, everything short of selling my car and, you know, refinancing my home, uh, just about everything 
was in NFTs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was immensely speculative, like really volatile. Uh, we were coming off the back end of, you know, the whole top shots and people bubble and all that kind of like a nifty gateway and all that. So it, it definitely wasn't as, you know, bullish as uh, there. It was it was that pullback that kind of uh, had everybody, you know, in a reality check a little bit. And so uh, after it, it took some time, but uh, I finally, you know, kind of convinced my dad to. Uh, start dabbling in in following along with some projects. Uh, his first big acquisition was uh, winning his entry for a Hearst. Oh yeah, and uh, that's a big one. So yeah, I mean, telling him, you know, hey, there's this thing that you need to go sign up for, and you're gonna have to pay two thousand dollars for this thing, but like, you gotta trust me on this. But like, yeah, I think that was easier for his to like for him to wrap his head around because you know my mom is is an artist as well. So like, for them seeing this well established you know famous artist coming into the space, like that was sort of a, I think a baby step, of, like, hey, this is a bet not a bet not only on you know the technology, but on a you know very well established famous historical artist as well, and. Uh, Basically, you know, he had listed it when, <laughs> somewhere where he thought that it was, uh, you know, adequately high priced. And uh, <laughs> it ended up getting swept in one of those floor sweeps. Yeah. And uh, he had a, a very, very good flip on that. So I think just about everything, like, you know, walking him through, pulling out enough for, you know, covering his tax liability and, letting him have some to play with. And he's since, you know, diversified into quite a few things. Uh, and he's made some great snipes himself. Like uh, he, he eyed Joe Tamponi, uh, who is another kind of halfway in between like a killer acid and a pop wonder type, you know, uh, old music poster style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, for him to just find that. And I was like, oh, snap, like this, this looks really good. And sure enough, like when he did his first drop, one of the other collectors that picked up all of Joe Tamponi's work was Pop Wonder. So there was a period of time where the only two collectors of an entire Joe Tamponi OpenSea collection were Pop Wonder and my father. So (laughs) that's That's pretty great. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I was like, dad, that's a, pretty darn good snipe there so uh yeah and just getting to you know connect with him in a different way you know like he and i are both really into music really into audio kind of audiophilia and stuff like that but uh being able to connect and talk with him on you know blockchain and nfts and uh helping to educate the rest of my family on you know my mom being a traditional artist getting her into the space um it's it's been an interesting journey. It's definitely become a little more of a family affair. Yeah, I, I my brother is involved now um, because I talked to him a lot about crypto, and he started buying, and then he I started talking to him about NFTs, and he got in, and now he he's a graphic designer, so he's been making derivatives and selling them, and starting to realize the potential in the space as well. And it's just cool when you're finally able to get 
uh, other people that are in the space. And I feel like the biggest thing, uh, when you show how much conviction you have and people start hearing you talk about something and then start seeing you winning, I think that for some reason in the human psychology of things, it's like, I've been talking about crypto for four years, but when the winning really started happening in 2020 and uh, throughout 2021, it's like now, you know, friends and family pay a little more attention, but it's, it's, it is at the end of the day, we are still early. So it's a positive thing to be able to continue to talk with uh, the ones we loved about the space, because uh, we understand that this is not only um, like a cultural change, but it's really a, a generational wealth transfer as well that can happen. And so it's really just uh, awesome to be able to see families getting involved. And I loved um, when you first started posting about your dad getting involved, because it's like, wow, that's awesome. Because like you said, you, you now there's like a whole new connection, like they can talk to you about Web3 and NFTs, and you don't feel awkward when you're at family get togethers, because no one understands the things that you're so passionate about. Uh, and so it is, uh, it's just cool to be able to hear people that are able to bring their family in and, um, or friends or loved ones, because the space needs to be inclusive and bringing the people we love, we love in the space is going to make it grow even faster. Even if we just bring in a couple people that we know each. Yeah, very much agreed. And, and that's really kind of been the, the fun part, you know, IRL is there's, you know, a bunch of these you know, friends, family, whatever it is that, that have kind of, Oh, he's, you know, on to the next, like I, I, I've worked in the tech industry. I've worked hospitality. I've worked, you know, all over the place. And so I think for a lot of my friends, it was like, Oh, okay. What's, what's the newest thing he's, you know, jumping into or working on or whatever. But then to see it kind of permeate culture to the point where we're, even if we're not at mainstream adoption yet, it's, it's very quickly reaching mainstream awareness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, having them hear it from other sources that are like, who was it that was telling me about this stuff? Oh yeah. You know, CJ's been talking about that for, you know, six months. Yeah. Maybe he wasn't so crazy. <laughs> yeah. And, because uh, when you hear it in the media, there is like, there's, there's different takes on it, right? Some people, especially when you have journalists that are in the mainstream media, they, they don't necessarily understand. And you see more and more of them starting to get it, which is going to be super powerful when mainstream media starts to realize the potential of those journalists start making money doing it. Then, you know, you just more and more outlets are going to start understanding the power of it. And that trickle down effect is so real. Oh, 100%. And I mean, I, I still think we have a long way to go towards uh, helping facilitate mainstream adoption, right? Like there's still a ridiculously steep learning curve. Yeah. There's still a, a lot of hurdles towards onboarding and UI UX and all that, but it's getting there. You can see even in just the last couple of months, how much progress is being made. And that's one of our huge, you know, focuses for future proof is helping whether, you know, whether it's somebody that has no idea about crypto NFTs, anything and being able to, you know, help educate and onboard those people mm -hmm. uh, to the intermediate and advanced people looking for like the deep data analysis of up and coming projects or, yeah. you know, like the product kind of uh, deep dives of what the heck did this project do and why is it so different? Um, you know, putting out a, a more singular 
platform and resource for uh, education, entertainment, and IRL, NFT, and Web3 related content. Yeah, it's so important. I think that we're starting to see several entities starting to come and form like this this pipeline of learning. And it's so important to the space because like you said, even like this podcast is meant, I, I upload it on Twitter and it's more, uh, I feel like the people that find the most use out of it are newer to NFTs, but so they kind of understand what's going on. Maybe they bought their first one or two, but they haven't been in crypto for years and years and understand blockchain completely. Uh, and so, the, but that's just like one small facet then, because then I upload it and and I'm like, I talk to friends that listen, and it still seems way over their head, even though for someone that's in the NFT space, that it, that's new, it may be extremely helpful, and they kind of can follow along. But you're right, it's like, there's so many aspects and avenues that need to be covered to really get people to fully understand uh, the potential of blockchain and the potential of where this is going. Uh, and then to kind of onboard them through their entire experience is like a whole nother journey. Because then, like you said, you have the onboarding of people that are just getting in to all the way to people that need in-depth coverage over like you said statistics and data so it's uh it's cool to see these pipelines forming and um I, i'm just interested and curious uh, of kind of uh what future media is kind of working on in the space in terms of building that out as as well well yeah so future proof is sort of at this interesting intersection because with NFTs sort of facilitating, uh, you know, these media brands being able to generate their own IP, uh, it's sort of a, a cross section between, you know, a barstool sports platform play meets Pixar intellectual property and being able to generate our own, you know, original IP and building out of brands underneath Future Proof in that way. Mm -hmm. And you know, being able to to also leverage our our collective you know following resources and you know all of that attention that we've garnered over the last six months or so between all of the individuals involved and giving a a platform to these creators that are you know otherwise doing phenomenal work but may not have the platform to put it out to the audience we think it deserves. Yeah, I love that. So, it's like uh if you like if I had started, you know, 4 months later and I I don't have like if I had zero following but you were to see that you saw potential in my show like you did, you could help bring it to a, a more uh, a wider audience because of the community that you all have built under your own individual platforms. Mhm. Mm I love that. Yeah, so it's 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 kind of interesting, you know, like that the technology is enabling us to, you know, work in a, in a different way than traditional media while still leveraging a lot of, you know, the legacy platforms. We still are going to have a huge presence on, you know, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, stuff like that, written formats uh, and podcasts. But being able to engage with our audience on a deeper level, you know, have these interactions and community incentives and rewards to the people that engage with our community, you know, most deeply, uh, that's a, a whole different paradigm where your participation is rewarded. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that's something that, you know, there's some of these other brands you look at, uh, 
you know, I, I, I'm just going to point back to Barstool, you know, like there's uh, an entire, you know, media monstrosity now that's, you know, just this huge entity built essentially off the backs of these personalities and, uh, you know, the people that have followed them along the way. But with Web3 and NFTs, we can, you know, incentivize and reward the the community that's been there since day one or, you know, initially uh, supported and invested in us as creators. Yeah. And so it's it's a really interesting sort of paradigm shift that we're trying to to really uh, embrace. Well, the thing is, and uh, for anyone that's been into crypto or blockchain longer than a year, it's funny because there's been a lot of ICO projects, which means like initial coin offerings where people are creating coins to try to do essentially what some of the NFT uh, media outlet groups are starting to build. They are going to do it so much better because it's like... um, some of these communities that were built trying to like bring uh, reward creators more like decentralized, the problem is they didn't have a huge community of followers and supporters to help them build that. And so now it's like you guys are going the opposite route, right? You build the community first, you build the community first, and then you can go and you can start to help the people um, that need that community to grow and to understand what is happening in the space and it's just kind of interesting to think about the evolution of crypto and blockchain and nfts because it 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 makes a lot more sense now it's like yeah all those platforms were so good but they never took off why aren't they taking off but it's because they didn't have the content creators they didn't have the hundreds of thousands of people that can help spread the word um to help gain that support and help educate people and i just think it's awesome that you know Maybe you can talk about the importance of the power of building that community first in this space and how important it is in Web3 to build community before you go and try to launch something uh, and try to add value. It's like you're doing you're, you're taking the wrong steps. Yeah, so like I think community has largely become quite a bit of a, a buzzword, right? Uh, it's all, you know, community versus a crowd. You know, because there's a lot of these projects that have a lot of people or like, you know, a discord with a ton of, uh, you know, members or whatever. But how much culture and genuine, authentic, sincere connections are actually being, you know, developed there. Yeah. And so that's something that I look, uh, you know, towards certain projects and I'm like, okay, you know, the the discord's got a, a crazy amount of people, but half of the comments in the chat are exclamation point floor or, you know, (laughs) when mint and stuff like that. It's, uh, it's, it's a very different connotation and, and presence and vibe when it's, it's genuine people making connections on a, on a one-to-one basis. And, you know, so that was something I had, you know, the privilege and blessing of experiencing very early on with, you know, crypto baby punks, uh, a lot of, early supporters of that project have now gone on to either uh, create their own projects, get deeper involved, like, you know, some presence with Artifact Studios, uh, Bernardo and some of those guys going off and, you know, doing Schiller and some of these other uh, initiatives, my involvement with Pixel Vault, uh, you know, Wanna Beeple with the legendary memes, uh, you know, becoming a a little bit of a, a cultural figure for himself. Uh, you know, there's all of these different people that very early on 
um, have now gone out and diversified and, and are leaving their own marks on the space. So getting to, to meet some of these people early on, I, I know that some people from the Bored Apes community uh, have shared a similar sentiment of, you know, a lot of these connections that they made super early on in that discord and on those Twitter spaces in those clubhouses uh, are enabling them to make a greater impact on the space now. Mm. And uh, I, I think that's something really special where it's not just, you know, being a part of the crowd or, um, you know, being on the inside, quote unquote, or a, a part of the club. It's, it's really getting deeper than that and reaching out and getting to know those people that are also in that community. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether it's uh, helping to develop the culture, uh, community initiatives, uh, you know, meetups and stuff like that. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm extremely bullish long-term on, you know, the NFT culture and being able to engage more in real life than we do just in, you know, Twitter and discord. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think what, I think one thing that kind of hit home is what you said at the very beginning about building the community, becoming a buzzword, uh, because, building a community is not something that can happen with shilling or a good marketing or anything like that because you're all of those things miss the individual connection that you just talked about and if you're it takes time to build a community it takes effort it takes hours and it takes uh, actually genuinely and authentically caring about the people that are involved uh, and that are in the community that you're building. And uh, if any of those elements are missing, then it, it's only a matter of time before it starts to collapse because the people that are in the space can feel it, right? You know, if you feel like you're in a community or if you're just kind of in something for like a monetary reason and as soon as the, like the floor starts to give everyone's just freaking out because there was never a community to start with and everyone was just trying to make money and so it's like this yes nfts are like a investment vehicle for a lot of people but the nfts that really end up doing the best in the long run and that are going to be sustainable and don't just flop and die like uh you know in the dot-com boom in early late 90s and early 2000s the ones that are going to be around are going to be the ones that are constantly working and building and growing and realize that that individual connection is what really brings to the space. And when they're, when people are involved and, and build a community that is valued, then the floor eventually takes care of itself. And you don't have to worry about that because everyone's focused on building and doing their own thing to continue to make the community stronger. Very much agreed. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that obviously the economics, the, the monetary gain is, is a huge driver for a lot of people. And, you know, I think we're all here because we see a lot of potential to make, you know, generational wealth in this space. But when, when you have this kind of mutually aligned incentive or North Star, this common social goal, uh, it, it allow, like, allows and facilitates people to be a lot more bought in, 
than just worrying about how much money they can make. Yeah. Amen, man. I think that's powerful. I think that's an important message, especially for people that are new to the space. And, and you start seeing it too. Whenever there's a down curve in any sort of project, you start seeing where true communities are forming and where people start to just, uh, they just, they're worried about the, uh, their money that, that, that is going down, which is obviously going to be an impact. If something goes down in value, like no one is going to be happy about it. But it's also in a belief of what that community is building do you really believe in the future of it because just like anything it's funny because you see people making uh 700 800 returns but then they're upset about a 40 percent decline or a 20 percent decline within a week and it's like so true <laughs> it's like what is going on like these people don't realize that the like warren buffett would be like turning in his grave if he was dead because he would i mean <laughs> and he doesn't he would never understand what is happening in this space and that you know that that it's just so much short-term thinking and not long-term and that's the culture that we've got to start changing in this space is stop looking at your nfts start thinking about the communities that you want to build because i'll tell you whenever i buy nfts in this space it's it's for long-term holds it's because i believe in the community i believe in what they're about i believe in helping build something bigger uh and and that's what it has to be about because otherwise it's not going to last long term anyways agreed yeah, yeah. my uh like I, I, one of my greatest, you know, benefits to my mental health throughout this journey was building a strong resistance to the FOMO. <laughs> uh, part of that was uh, in being not economically able to, you know, or financially able to to go and just FOMO into every project that I saw an opportunity with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I had to see a lot of opportunities pass me by. Mm -hmm. But in doing that, it doesn't mean that. I wasn't able to learn a lot from those projects, even when I passed on them, you know, just because I wasn't financially involved or, or a buyer or backer of the project for a good, probably like four months. I just looked at every, like, and granted this was, you know, a few months back where we knew every single drop that was happening every day. You like no single person can even keep top keep on top of every drop happening these days. But, um, taking those lessons learned, like what did they do right? What did they do wrong? Where did they misstep or stumble? And applying that to the projects that I'm now working with uh, has been a huge benefit. You know, just uh, learning from other people's successes and mistakes and where, like what can, what lesson is there to be learned here mm -hmm. uh, was, was a huge uh, part of my journey. Yeah. And yeah. taking that and, you know, leveraging every opportunity that, you know, came up, like I, I, I would have spread myself too thin, you know, if I, if I would have been able, but, uh, it, it didn't mean that I wasn't able to still pull a lot of value out of those lessons learned, um, and, you know, make high conviction bets yeah. where, where I was able. Well, and I, I mean, one of the best moves that I feel like I ever made for my own, uh, mental, health was just like, I, I ended up muting certain, uh, people on Twitter that I ended up, uh, using and, and seeing them, uh, saying things. And then I would have FOMO and I was like, I need to stop. I don't need this on my timeline because I'm like, not like if it, someone else 
telling you what they're passionate about, that doesn't mean you're passionate about it. And and just because they're successful, that doesn't mean you should just follow them, right? Like you shouldn't just follow, especially when it comes to investments, anyone for uh, something that is uh, going to impact you. You need to have conviction. And I didn't take enough time to really do background research whenever I was aping and FOMOing and degening. I would just do it. And I didn't know what I bought until after. And I was like, oh, well, this, uh, even though like these people that do really well in the space, uh, they, I followed and then I'm like, wow, I don't like, I'm not passionate about this. Why the hell did I just buy this? And then I end up losing a shit ton of money because it ends up failing because a lot of people were buying it for the same reason I was. And, uh, and, and I think you just start to realize from experience that doing your own research and finding the things you have conviction about are almost, um, in order to be successful and not just get drained by the space are really important because, then you're able to start focusing on what matters, which is the, the what we've been talking about, about building and finding the community and growing with people. It's impossible to build community with hundreds of people or hundreds of discords, you know? Like you talk, you hear people <laughs> that join and their discords, it's just insane. Like you, there's not enough hours in the day. So you got to find those communities that you really vibe with, that you're passionate about, and you grow with them. Uh, and so I just, I love that you said that and I think it's really important. But okay, I'm going to ask one more question. I feel like we could talk for for hours, man, because I just really enjoy uh, the conversation and especially like the long-term vision that you have in this space. And I think it's really important for people to hear. Um, But we are going to turn to Community Corner here in a second. So if you have a question uh, for VGF, go ahead and hit that request button because in just a minute, we're going to bring some people up. Uh, You can also post your question so that way I can look through it and bring you up even faster if you post it on the thread above uh, that I linked. So go ahead and uh, post your question there. And when I see you request to come up, uh, I'll bring you up. But one one last thing I wanted to talk about before we turn to Community Corner is that the borderless nature of blockchain. And it's so important. And this is something that as we continue to grow in this space, you start to see, like I... I have, I'm on Apple and Spotify uh, right now with this podcast, and I it, it blows my mind when I go and look at the the numbers because on Twitter I can't look at how where everyone in the space is from, but you can get an idea by looking at the numbers that you know you can see on Apple and Spotify. And I've had over fifty different countries, people from 50 different countries tuning into this show. And it's insane to think about the borderless nature of what we're building and that we can connect with people all around the world. And I'm just curious from just you joining and working with so many people in this space in such a short time, if you could talk about kind of the benefits that you've seen about being able to work remotely with people that are so talented from across the globe and be able to find mutual spaces um, to connect and continue to talk and build um, to grow these projects to the next level. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you brought that up because uh, we actually had a discussion about this the other day. Um, it, it's been kind of bizarre. I mean, we, we joke that crypto, you know, doesn't sleep. And I am firmly in the camp of everyone needs to sleep. You need to sleep. It's not it's not healthy to not sleep for too long. And like, as somebody that was, you know, like before I got a full-time job in NFTs, you know, I had this idea that every extra minute or every, you know, ounce of energy that I poured into this space was enabling me to get closer to that goal of going, you know, kind of quote unquote full-time, even though I was very much working 
more than full-time already. But, uh, you know, you do have to find that. And I think balance is an ideal, uh, something to strive for, maybe not something that you'll find, but, you know, in, in being able to work with these international teams and such intelligent, creative people around the world, you know, even just within Pixel Vault, you know, we've got uh, people West Coast, East Coast, our uh, creative director, Odious, uh, in uh, Britain. We've got Chris Wall in Australia. We've got multiple, you know, international developers, Europe, South America, like, it, it's such a an eclectic group of people to come up, you know, and, and all contribute towards one project. And it's something really special, like even just like for my for my own following, you know, in the last I, I've, I've been on Twitter. What? How long have I been on Twitter? It should say on my profile, right? Yeah, yeah. It'll... October 2017. So I was on this app for three and a half years. <laughs> before i reached 500 followers yeah that's insane and i in the last you know six to eight months have gone and you know basically added another 10k to that yeah and to think that i could put out a tweet on like a moment's notice and probably have somebody that i've connected with in one way or another whether it was from clubhouse twitter discord reach out no matter where I am in the world, that's just mind boggling to me. Like that's, that's something so unique to this space that uh, like I could hop on a plane just about anywhere in the world and very likely be able to meet up with somebody that I've interacted with in this space. And I don't know of many other, like I, I would almost challenge you, like what's another community where you could do that and, and feel confident and, you know, secure and being able to, to go and meet up with somebody and just talk about things you're passionate about. Yeah. Um, it's, it's something pretty special. It's so special. And I think that, um, I think we, I think everyone realizes it. And I think one thing that I forget sometimes is how important it is, especially for, uh, developing countries and people that aren't in, uh, places that have, um, the infrastructure that a lot of, uh, a lot of more developed countries have and how important this is to being able to share their skills and their potential with the world as someone that may not have ever had access to um, build in a space now has opportunities that never existed before and by networking and growing and f and um, being a good part of this community you can start to realize your potential and I just think that's so important to always kind of uh circle back to because because as we continue to grow web3 the borderless nature of it is what really makes it pop off and makes people it's going to make people scratch their heads they're not going to understand it but when they get involved in the space it starts to become very clear why the space is exponentially growing because when you have decentralization you now uh it doesn't matter like 30 years ago you had your small town community. And then 10 to 15 years ago, you're, you kind of can branch out to your entire city. And now you have the entire world at your fingertips to help explore and grow with. And it's just insane the potential that that brings where we all can find ways to add value. And I just, I'm excited for the future. It just gets me so jazzed. I, I, I get really pumped up about thinking about where this goes because 
people, no one understands the potential that are still kind of operating in their day to day because they're not ingrained in the space. And I think that it, it will take time uh, for it to continue to grow. But as it does, and it, it, it may seem slow, but when you see the numbers of people even jumping on OpenSea and getting an N NFT for the first time, you start to realize at how fast really it. it if anyone else looking at the data would say that it's growing exponentially and so quickly. And so it's exciting to see where it goes. Um, all right, man, let's go ahead and jump into some questions. We've got some people ready to come up and have some great questions. So now it's time to turn to Community Corner. Get your catnip and questions ready. It's time for you to take the stage for another segment of Community Corner. Hey, yo, Mars, what's going on? I'm so glad that you're able to come on stage again. Uh, go ahead and ask your question. Hey, BGF, what's happening? Hey, man, good to see you. Hey, so mine's basically a format question. Um, do you see any kind of future platforms that are playing around either with um, 4K video, like longer file formats, or the idea of multiple image formats? Um, because as I described in the post, it's like you either have a single image or you have a 3D image or a video, but um, there's nothing really that's multi-image or almost like a PDF. Thanks. Yeah, so I mean, it's, uh, it's definitely a challenge. Like, well, when I look at like the, the file format kind of problem, um, most things, especially on Ethereum, are more platform-based and contract-based than they are uh, actual limitations by the blockchain. So, like, on a custom smart contract, you know, you don't really have a uh, file size limit. Granted, it might be prohibitively expensive to, you know, host a, a huge file somewhere, but at the same time, it, you know, using a custom smart contract, and if you have the funds to do so, you can put just about anything, you know, uh, there's, you know, file, uh, file size restrictions using something like, you know, the, the open C shared storefront contract or something like that. But you can get pretty creative, uh, with the different file types and file sizes minted via a custom smart contract. Uh, and then once you go even further and you look at other blockchains, you know, looking towards, you know, maybe Tezos and uh, some of these others, you can get, you know, a, a broader variety of actual file types, like hosted decentrally, and then, you know, have that token pointing to it. Uh, it's, I look at decentralization very much as a gradient, not absolutes. Mm. And so depending on where you host that file, uh, you can have just about anything as a an, an nft whether or not it's supported by an individual platform is an entirely different story yeah, yeah i appreciate it i think we're gonna see uh it's an awesome question and it's almost like um vgf i don't know if you remember people were asking similar things about just like photography even a few months ago and now you're seeing uh justin selling a one million dollar photo uh nft and it's just like as 
the space develops, there's going to be appreciation and use cases for so many more uh, things. And OpenSea will not be the only kind of distribution or search channel. Uh, there's going to be all kinds of other use cases when it comes to smart contracts and, and integration when it comes to NFTs that we're just at the beginning. And I think like... Uh, I think just thinking about how people were even talking about photography NFT three months ago is a perfect example of that. All right. Appreciate the question, Marsh. All right. I have a question um, from the post that I had linked above. Uh, I don't see him in the audience now, but I wanted to ask this. I think it's a fun question to possibly end on too, which is uh, Ron had asked, what is a purchase that you made in the last 30 days under $100 that made an impact on your life that wasn't an NFT? <laughs> Ooh, a purchase that I made in the last 30 days under $100 that affected my life. Or maybe even um, just brought joy or something that you've done that wasn't NFT related. I like that. Um, the closest one that you know, like most immediately comes to mind. I cooked a really like awesome meal for my brother. Like my brother and I cooked a meal at home for a couple of friends and just spent a couple hours talking. Yeah. Just in like truly like a, a good meal with friends or family is very, very high on the list of my truest joys in life and it had been a long time since we had had you know guests over to the house or you know anything like that and so just having some friends over and cooking a good home-cooked meal um it just felt right and it was it was a joy to just kind of reconnect with old friends and be able to cook at home and and you know yeah I, I think that's low-hanging fruit but it's not appreciated enough I, I couldn't agree more. And I think I, I wanted to ask that question because I do think it was an interesting question. When I first read it, I was like, um, just to, to be reminded of like the, the non-NFT world, because we are so sucked into the rabbit hole sometimes to think about uh, amazing things that, that we're able to do. Uh, the best thing for me too would probably be a $30 uh, season pass to the pumpkin patch that I got and I've been taking uh, my two-year-old daughter every Wednesday uh, just to the pumpkin patch. And just like you said, like, uh, like it, it even gets me emotional because those uh, moments with the people you love are like what it's, what it's really all about because the people that have supported us in our journeys in this space are uh, really important to being able to help uh, grow, uh, grow this space to its full potential. Yeah, I really like that question. All right, guys, this has been so fun. Um, VGF, thank you so much for being here and being a part of the show. I, You have no idea just how much it means uh, that you've supported the show from the beginning. It's crazy that we're able to just jump on here and now have over 100 people in the space when you and I, you know, were in the space uh, interviewing people uh, just a few months ago and there was maybe 10 to 12 people. And it's just so cool to see how this community continues to grow and us being able to learn together. So thank you again for um, being a part of, of my journey and also letting me um, be a small part of your journey as well, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, as maybe a final thought, 
because something that was said prior resonated with me and I, I didn't really get to harp on it. But um, <laughs> when you were talking about Warren Buffett, it, it kind of uh, sparked something because I think it's easy to compare and measure yourself against, uh, you know, other people in the space that are seeing, you know, thousand X's or, you know, a generational wealth created in a single NFT sale. Yeah. And it's important to remember that like, even for, for myself and my story, like I haven't had those sales yet. Right. I, I, I may hopefully aspire to at one point, but like a, not comparing yourself to everyone else. And I have to keep drawing it back to like, this is, this is still performing so disproportionately better than anywhere else that I could put my money. And I'm having fun and creating like relationships that I'll cherish for the rest of my life doing it. That's so, so powerful. And if you can find a way to enjoy your time in this space and make money while doing it, that's priceless to me. Amen. And yeah. so, yeah, I just want to say thank you again for, for having me. Uh, I, I really do genuinely enjoy the show. Uh, and I'm sure I'll be catching you on, uh, on some more. Awesome. Thanks a lot, man. And, uh, at this point in time too, if you have not already, uh, got a DM, um, about the Pope, which is a proof of attendance, um, protocol that we're starting to utilize for the show, uh, I'm going to go ahead and give that to the whole audience, um, and uh, so hopefully we don't get bots uh, trying to take them, so please don't share this with anyone else and only mint one, but if you go into the Pope app, uh, you can use the code capital V, capital G, capital F, and then all lowercase Carl, uh, and and you can mint your own Pope for being here today, uh, which hopefully in time, I'll be able to track people that are here for multiple shows, and we'll be able to give back to the community in that way. So once again, VGF, all caps and lowercase, uh, Carl, VGF Carl. And if you go type that in, uh, you'll be able to redeem the Pope for today. And I'm so excited that we're able to start uh, using those so that you can kind of remember all of the guests that we've had on the show. And this has just been another great one. This has been another production of Guttercat Studios. All conversations with Crazy Carl are for educational purposes only. You should never take financial advice from a cat or anybody really, especially financial advisors. Take control of your own financial future and do your own research always. That's all for now. Until next time, we'll see you in the metaverse.